Resiliency Within, with host Elaine miller Karras is brought to you by Trauma Resource Institute, Incorporated. Visit TraumaResourceInstitute.com. Welcome to Resiliency Within, featuring your host, Elaine miller Karras. In unprecedented times, our beliefs and well-being are put to the test. When we take the things we've learned in life and look at challenges in a whole new way, we learn to develop resiliency, which can then be used to promote healing and personal strength. Now, here is Elaine miller Karras. Welcome to Resiliency Within. I also would like to let my listeners know that we are also live streaming on Facebook at Resiliency Within Facebook page. And so you can also see us there as well as hear us as you are right now on Voice America. So today's show is entitled Inspire, Empower and Thrive Resilience 2023. And I welcome my guest, Dr. Joy Miller. She was going to share with us today her remarkable work with global resilience. We're also going to do a deeper dive into the terminology of what that means to be resilient. Um, she created a new form for training in the area of resiliency, which I think is having a global effect, Joy. Uh, resiliency Productions became a gift of love to the global world, world, offering free access to mental health techniques for those struggling with the pandemic initially, but also now with loss, grief, anxiety, and depression dedicated to offering personal empowerment and resiliency strategies to global participants. And now she has also many global influencer the influencers that are on the show. She's created this remarkable event. I, I told her that I thought she was an amazing producer because she gets an assortment of people that I find so amazing to listen to. And they speak for just a short period of time, but give us such jewels about how to go forward in living and life. So it's an amazing free event. All of you listening can sign up to it. It's on September 8th, 2023. And we'll talk more about how you can do that as we go, as we uh, talk about the amazing MP people that she has, which are celebrities, um, global influencers, like I've already mentioned, musicians, noted clinicians, professionals who donate their time and talent sharing their voices and their message about how do we heal? How do we grow? How do we thrive? in these often difficult times. So Joy has has quite an illustrious career. Besides appearing on Resiliency Within, she's appeared on Oprah Winfrey, Sally Jesse Raphael, Montel Williams, Geraldo, and many radio and podcast presentations throughout the years. She hosted a mental health segment on ABC and NBC affiliates for 25 years. And <laughs> I think you retired, but you really didn't retire and hosted her own radio show for four years. She will, she's again going to share her, her wisdom and her vision with us today. And she's also a licensed psychotherapist, professional trainer and author. Um, she's a leading um, authority on, on relationship issues and Holocaust studies. And her, her work has been recognized by many. And I can't, I mean, I'd be here all day just talking about her. If um, I'm just going to say one more thing about her and then we're going to hear from her. But she was recognized by the National Association of Social Workers as Citizen of the Year. And I think that is an amazing accomplishment as well, as I know you've had many other accolades, Joy. So as we are here today together, what's on your mind as we're getting started today? Well, my gosh, what's on my mind is I don't know who did all that stuff. I mean, my <laughs> gosh, I forgot about all that. Um, thank you. I What's on my mind today is just excitement, uh, excitement about what we're going to bring to everyone we've 
we've decided to go hybrid, as they say. And instead of doing a Zoom production this year, we're going to do it live from a production studio in um, West Palm Beach, Florida, which brings a whole new nuance because now we'll have an audience. We'll do everything live. Um, and I guess what's on my mind is just thinking about all the fun things that we're going to bring to everyone because this year we really are going to make it interactive. Like when you're doing Zoom, you're just kind of sitting there and you're listening, but you can still kind of take notes or you can look at your emails. We're really making it um, different this year where our audience is going to have a part of the interaction. And I think that'll make a really different change and hopefully a more fulfilling, immersive experience. Well, I love the way that you're doing the hybrid because I think that for many people, and we know this for your past productions with Resilience 2021 and 2022, so many people were able to come from around the world because they didn't have to get on a plane and get a hotel, et cetera. And yet there's many of us that are longing to be in person again. And as the, as the pandemic has eased and as we're coming back into um, being able to be with people again, I love that you're putting your feet in the water, so to speak, in this way. We're still keeping the accessibility of Zoom and yet having the live production as well. I, th I think that was a brilliant idea as you were creating that. I think it's going to be really fun. I'm excited. I'm excited about having a real audience there. Um, and I'm really excited to be able to reach such a global expanse. I mean, right now, and we still have 30 days until our event, um, we have almost 90 countries that have participants from around the world. And I just, every time I say that, it just blows me away. Like the other day I got Bangladesh and I'm like, how did someone in Bangladesh find out about Resiliency 2023 and sign up? I mean, it just is awe-inspiring to me that word travels in this way. You know, I think that people need um, lightheartedness. I think they need a little bit more of uh, the wonder that's in the world, how we cultivate well-being, how we help each other in times of suffering and struggle. There's so much news about the divisiveness. I think there is a hunger for the kind of work that you have produced and what you bring to the world. So, you know, let's let's do a little bit of what exactly is Resilience 2023. If people decide to come to this free event, I just love that it's free, what can they expect and what will they see? And what why in your words, why do you want why 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 should they come? Why would you like them to come? Um well, I would like them to come because I think it will be, believe it or not, five and a half hours of diverse experiences that bring together 48 different influencers. And you're going to hear short snippets from 48 different, let's call them celebrities or presenters, talking about resiliency and happiness and empowerment, all from different viewpoints, whether it's they're speaking about it from a clinical perspective or through music or through art or through some holistic modality. There's just so much diversity as it relates to the word resilience now and how we become resilient that I'm hoping that people will become empowered and feel as though 
they realize how we really have survived in the last three years to really see our strengths, to see our power, even if it was, for many of us, it was very, very difficult, but that we made it and to look at how we did it, why we did it, what the purpose was, what we learned from it. And I think this event helps people really look at the strength, look at the empowerment, find new ways to become stronger. Um, and it does it in a unique way because you only it's like a TED Talk. You only get four minutes. So everybody is imparting their gift in four minutes, which is unusual, but so amazing. Well, I, I know in my own experience, I have to, I'm going to share with the, with the audience that um, I've been um, invited to speak at all of them so far, including the one coming up on September 8th. And it is hard to, to get what you want to say in four minutes, but I know from now the experience, I can do it. And when you only have four minutes, I think that's when the jewels come in, is that it really makes you really tailor, 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 tailor down to what is the most important thing you want to say about in my, I guess with my estimation, and I mean, resilience means many things to me, but is that how to cultivate well-being. And um, I, I really felt it was a privilege and it was something new, Joy. Thank you. I, I want to say, okay, Elaine, get your message across in four minutes. See if you can do it. And it's possible. And that's, I think, and not only possible, but I think the things I've learned and I've heard from people on um, the other resiliency 2021 um, and 2022 is that it's very, like you said, very empowering. And you leave going, God, that was a wonderful time to spend with people that have wonderful ideas. And also it was celebratory, the music, to have music and singing, all the different ways we are as human beings, how we come forward to celebrate our humanity. And I think our common humanity. And that's, and I think when you say, oh, I'm not surprised, I think maybe you'll get a hundred countries by the time you're done. You still have a whole other month because I think that when people see something that celebrates our common humanity as the human race, as, as the people of the planet, people come and they want to listen. They want to be part of it. So I'm, I mean, I'm expecting more to come. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm going to find 10 more countries. <laughs> I would love for you to I'm find a to, lot get more. Get to be hundred, yes. Get to well, be well, last year we had 111 countries. So I'm, I'm hoping to, to break that record um, and to reach a little further. I, I find it so fascinating um, how quickly things can move. Like you could say something and then 10, 10 people could register from all over the world today. Um, <laughs> because of your power, because I know the power of this show. Um, I should also say that what's different, Elaine, is you and everyone else talk about their own humanness, their own inner understanding. Like, let's say Alanis Morissette, who's on this year again. Um, she, it's not that she's coming to sing. She comes to talk about what's in her heart, what she's experienced, the adversities she's gone through, how she's made it through it, whether it's her or we've had Jill Biden talking about adversity and how we make it through it or Rhonda Ross or, um, you know, so many celebrities that have come and been on our show in the last, well, this is our fourth year. It's amazing because we touch the human side. It's not as though they're performing. 
it's like we're touching their soul and they touch yours. Mm -hmm. I, I often, when I hear people speak on your, on your event, it's like we're in the same sense space of being. And if you have all the celebrity in the world, or if you're a humble person that not many people know, is that we have this connection, like you're saying, soul to soul, because it kind of strips all the fluff away and that there's a certain reality in being that I think you um, you have really brought out in people by asking us to present in the way that we present about this word resilience, which kind of was a good segue from, you know, a, a, a comment I want to make and then a question for you. In, you know, here I have a show called Resiliency Within. I have two models I've created, the community resiliency model, the trauma resiliency model. And when I was first thinking of these ideas, for example, it was like 20 years ago. And people weren't talking about the word resiliency. It's used with so many different things now. You can, you know, you're on the television and some bank is all of a sudden saying, oh, we're a resilient bank. I'm going, gosh, that's interesting. Banks are resilient now. What does that mean? And because I've traveled so much around the world, I've also spoken to many people. Um, it actually first came up when I was in um, Northern Ireland. And um, I've mentioned this before on the show, but I think it's important to mention it now since this is a topic we're talking about. And it was right before we were going to start a big training and a woman came up to me and said, I just want you to know there's a big billboard in our, in our community. And it says that if anybody calls you resilient, run the other way. And it's just the government trying to tell you that you, they're not paying attention to you and paying attention to your suffering. And when they say, oh, but you're so resilient, it means they don't want to give you the reparations or the, or the, um, the services that your community needs um, and has to in order to thrive and survive but also there isn't that deep listening it's more or less looking over um, and not seeing what else can also be true and that's acknowledging and you're such a pioneer in this the historical and transgenerational trauma in terms of the work that you've done with holocaust survivors so when i wrote my new book i wanted to do a deeper dive into you know what does the word resilience mean to me and and how i look at it for the show and for the models i created and i don't see it as limiting and i again want to appreciate and respect people who have found it to be difficult for them because that's part of the human experience and so for me i need to listen and I, I'm listening more deeply than ever because I've seen how important it is um, for people. And, and I believe still that it remains a powerful word. And I've witnessed how when people tell me about what their vision is of, of this, how um, they get inspired and empowered by the word. And I've seen this across the world and in people of all backgrounds, cultural and ethnic backgrounds. So when I think about the definition, I actually now think about it as kind of a, kaleido a kaleidoscope of concepts. And so resilient individuals and communities are infused with an overarching arch stance of what I would call embodied compassion and empathy. And they are dedicated to cultivating not only their own well-being by remembering not only the suffering that they may have experienced in their communities, present and historical, but also embracing their assets and their strengths. It's that their past doesn't have to define what their present, present is, but it influences their perspective. So they appreciate cultures and traditions. Um, they also, um, something 
happens too. And, you know, I'm very much involved with people learning how to read their nervous systems and how to do what's called interceptive awareness in terms of um, reading the nervous system, being able to distinguish between sensations of, of distress and sensations of well-being because that embodied well-being leads to something else that I've seen that is inherent in resilient human beings. And that is they become solution focused. They all of a sudden start thinking about, oh, well, this has happened to our community or to my family or to me. What can I do differently to change the journey for all of us to create a better present and future? But then it also, and you've you've shared some stories with me about this, as even in Auschwitz, in the most horrible circumstances of a genocide, where people could still lean into their hope and to their optimism of what also can be true about what they can still hold into their heart, even though there's such destruction around them. So, I mean, that's, you can see my de definition of resilience is just not one word. No, it's really expanded as I've really thought about it. But I, I want people to know that it's not about running away from our suffering. It's about listening to the suffering. And if we haven't paid attention to pay attention to that, and I haven't always been perfect at it. Um, and I'm still, I feel a journeyman, a journey person, you know, trying to understand this human condition uh, of ours and to uh, hopefully make less faux pas as I go through life. So over to you now. I know that was a big definition. So what is yours? <laughs> well, let me start with, um, I too have been, working in this field for a long time. For me, it wasn't necessarily using the word resilience, even though the word was used. For me, I was looking at coping strategies. So it was under that heading. And so, you know, a lot of different like trauma-informed or resilience or coping, they've all come together under the heading of resiliency. But you know, you, when you were talking, I kept thinking, you could weaponize any word. You can. You could take the Holocaust and make it weaponized. You could take woke. You could probably take pizza and weaponize that word. And it's being weaponized in so many ways. I mean, you and I were talking before the show that I read something that uh, Guardian.com is now called the word resilience, the um, sexiest word of the year. Um, that's not the resiliency that we're talking about. This isn't necessarily about banks or companies that are resilient. We're talking about people. We're talking about what's inside us that helps us um, survive and thrive. So for me, you know, the original definition was um, resiliency is the ability to come back after some adverse or stressful event. And I think that's probably the common terms that people use very simply. For me, it's changed. We can never go back. We can never have it the way it was. No matter how much we want, there is no going back. There's only going forward. So for me, resiliency is about bouncing forward. It's about taking what we've learned, taking what we've um, achieved and what we see inside ourselves and where we're going and taking that forward, how we did what we did 
and to bounce forward into life in a new way with new meaning. So for me, it's not something that was, it's something that is in the present and we all have done it and we're still doing it. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think that is part of what's always been amazing to me about the different countries and the different places I've been around the world. And I've often responded to like the worst disasters, you know, earthquakes, typhoons, hurricanes, fires, um, you know, it's, it's, it's um, mass shootings. And oftentimes when I'm there with people and I'm talking with them about asking them the questions, what's helping you get through? Who or what is helping you now? Is there something um, in your life that when you've had hard times in the past that can help you now in the present? Calling forth those kinds of things. And people will often say the most amazing sacred things that they can bring forth in that present moment that can be sustenance for them as they're living through whatever tragedy that they may be going through. It doesn't take away all the suffering or the pain, but it gives another another part that you can lean into and say, yes, that's true, but so is this. And I think, you know, when we, um, I know that um, you may even want to share one of the stories because I think there's, it's always a time to talk about the resilience of Holocaust survivors and what they, and what they endured and what they were able to bring with them into the present for their future. I don't know if there's one that comes to mind, Joy, it's always to me so inspiring to hear you talk about them. Um, you know, there are so many mentors that I've had through the years, whether, um, it was Aaron who was hidden in a, in an attic for three years, um, in Poland and was never able to see light and had to hide in this room, um, so that no one would ever find him and, and what he uh, how he survived, or Fritzi, who went to Auschwitz and was pulled from the gates of the gas chamber and was saved to work in a factory in which, because she was the youngest, everyone gave her one crumb of bread every day, hoping that she would tell their story and that she would live to survive and tell it, which she did, and was one of the founding members of the Illinois Holocaust Museum in Chicago. Um, there's amazing stories of the Holocaust, but there's amazing stories surrounding all of us. And it's important that we look around us because we all have stories. And it's, as you said, about listening and to really acknowledging people's stories, their survivals, their strengths and their ability to survive. Well, and I think that in these times that we're living in right now worldwide, I mean, we've never seen such climate disasters, um, I think, ever before. The temperatures are rising. Um, I just saw a house fall into a river in Juneau, Alaska. Um, some of the things that, you know, we can see now with media being right there, you know, the social media that gives us that lens into seeing that kind of global suffering. And not to mention the war in Ukraine and, you know, what's happened in you know, Niger and other places around the globe is that building those skills and reminding, you know, I often say what else is true becomes so important for all of us in the present moment. Um, I know that for myself, I need to not watch the news as much because <laughs> it's very upsetting to me. 
I do what I can do. I watch enough, but I don't watch it maybe as much as I might have at other times of my life because I don't find it helpful for me to do the kinds of things I need to do to be able to build and remembering what else is true and trying to build global um, well-being that we are both invested in. So, you know, it's not that I'm putting my, um, I know that I saw a friend of mine said, I just want to put my head in the sand like an ostrich and pretend like it's not happening. But I don't think we can do that either, can we? No. And I think that at this point, we all need to be advocates for each other and for our communities and for the world. Because without that, darkness takes over. And um, it's about really seeing the strength around us and within us. Well, and I think that oftentimes too, and maybe I'll, I'll talk about this. I can say a little bit about it after the break and certainly would love your in, in, input on it too, is that these big themes happen like disasters and war, but also the other kinds of windstorms and storms of life happen too. So you can be in the midst of war and still get a diagnosis of cancer, for example, or you can still be in the midst of war and be in a, in, a, in, a, in a relationship with intimate partner violence, all of these issues that, that face humans, right, uh, on a regular basis, child abuse, all the things that children have to endure. And so how do we create a world that helps to cultivate um, the well-being of children? Because I think that's what we're talking about now. Even though we don't have you don't have children on the show, we have people that talk about their journey and how they got through very difficult times. And I think that those personal stories, those journeys of what has happened before to others, and that's what, what I love about resiliency, um, the resiliency uh, events I've been a part of, is it's not all talking about um, sunshine and roses. It's talking all about suffering. It's like, you know, the definition that I alluded to as well. It's like people don't say that didn't happen to them, but they also say what other things happened to them in their, their thinking and how they see the world. And that's, that's really, that's a, it is. And that's an important point to mention that it's about healing. It's about how we got through the other side or are getting through to the other side. And that's what's important. Yeah. And I think that's what, I think that's why you had 112 people from 112 countries last year. Because I think that if you can go someplace for a half day and listen to nuggets from 50 people talking about their journey of healing, that is in a small space of time, incredible. It's like, I guess it's like finding the gold vein. I'm gonna say it's like finding the gold vein, Joy Miller. <laughs> I, I always say to Joy, it's a joy to see her and that her name is Joy. And then here she's cultivating joy everywhere that she goes. And she says it's happened to her and she doesn't mind, but I'm sure how many thousands of people have said that to you now? <laughs> you know, and. Elaine, I think what's the most miraculous part of this is that everybody donates their time and talent. And that is remarkable to me that all of these presenters are giving from their heart and purely with love. And that is the most amazing part because it is free. Um, there are free CEUs, but they're giving freely of their love to us. Well, and I think that's an amazing accomplishment when you think of the wide range of people that you have, including celebrities. And I imagine it costs a lot, you know, to have them come to your event 
and they've decided this event is so important that they're donating their time. Not to say that every single one of us that donate our time, that our, our time is not valuable, but I think that's pretty extraordinary. Well, I, you know, whenever Joy and I have a conversation, the time speeds by and it's time for our break. So we're going to take a short break and, uh, and we'll hear from our sponsor, the Trauma Resource Institute, which is the nonprofit that I started many moons ago. They are so nice to uh, support this show. And uh, I, we will be back with Dr. Joy Miller and we are going to do a deeper dive into Resiliency 2023 because I would love for her to share maybe some of the celebrities that she has this year. She usually a surprise too but for the ones that she can share with us i would love for you to share some of the people that are coming so that we can know what to expect so um, we'll be we'll be back in in just a couple minutes follow voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts the Trauma Resource Institute is a nonprofit organization cultivating trauma informed and resiliency focused individuals and communities worldwide. Our mission is to take people from despair to hope. We believe in a world where every child and adult has the capacity to recover from highly stressful and traumatic experiences. Check out iChill, our free app that helps you learn the wellness skills of the community and trauma resiliency models. Go to TraumaResourceInstitute.com for more information. Elaine Miller Karras book, Building Resiliency to Trauma, The Trauma and Community Resiliency Models is available on Amazon.com. The book is about how to cultivate resiliency during and in the aftermath of traumatic experiences. The book also addresses body-based trauma interventions combined with psychoeducation about the biology of trauma and resiliency. Elaine also offers personal consultations. For more information, you can contact her at Elaine at ResiliencyWithin.com. Elaine Miller Karras co-founded the Trauma Resource Institute Incorporated. The Institute provides trainings on the models Elaine developed, the Community Resiliency Model, or CRM, and the Trauma Resiliency Model, or TRM. If you would like more information about the Trauma Resource Institute or how to participate in trainings, visit the Institute's website at traumaresourceinstitute.com. That's traumaresourceinstitute.com. Trauma Resource Institute. Build resilience. Awaken hope. Your life. Your health. Your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Resiliency Within with Elaine Miller Karras. To reach the show during our live broadcast, please call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Elaine at resiliencywithin.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. I'm here with Dr. Joy Miller from the amazing event that's coming up on September. 8th Resiliency 2023 and we were talking about this wonderful free event during the first half and I asked her who's going to be on who does she have coming she always has a surprise as I mentioned um are you going to have a surprise for us this year too I, I think our surprises will be what we're going to do during the show oh okay I, I'm still hoping for a couple of people but 
you know, we're getting close to the date, but can I share some people with you? I would love to hear who's going to be on the show this year. Yes. Okay. Um, Ariana Huffington will be on, who's been on the entire time, as has Allison Camerata from CNN, Tara Brock, Kristen Neff, the amazing and remarkable Edith Eager, who blows everybody away. I mean, everybody wants to hear Edith. And this year, she's also doing little snippets in between the speakers. We have like resiliency tips, and she's going to be doing six Edie moments which are just I just say one thing about about Edie. Edie is such an amazing person and she is a Holocaust survivor. But um I I had the good fortune one time to I don't I think I told you this. I went to her house for lunch and she told uh, to me a, a story that I will never her one of the experiences that I'll never forget is when she was um found in the camps that it was a, an American soldier that found her. And that was the beginning of her living, because at that point, I think they thought she was dead. And that she devoted her life as a psychologist to veterans of the um of the of the United States of America, because that person changed her life and she changed the life of many. And she told me once that when um they would bring her the young men and women who had lost hope and it wouldn't take long to be in her presence to find that little sparkle of hope again. And um, she is still and was one of the most beloved individuals in the Veterans Administration in San Diego. So had to share that little story. But if you get to listen to her, her speaking and the nuggets and she, how old is she now, Joy? She's I think she's 94, 95, and she's still doing therapy. I mean, she's still practicing well, I think she's got it mastered by now, but she's not necessarily practiced. She's an extraordinary human being and getting to hear her in any form is such a privilege. So, okay. So who else besides okay. you? So um, we have Richard Schwartz. So many people love what he's done with family systems. We have Marta Kaufman. Now that name may not be familiar to well, you, but when I tell you, she is the creator of friends and <laughs> and grace and frankie and so she will be talking about humor and she is just a hoot i mean a hoot so to have someone like that can't you really, give her eight minutes <laughs> i know she's amazing yes. um you know and of course we have elanis morissette again we have lee steinberg who was the real jerry Maguire. Um, we have Dominic Hammonds, who every year blows some everybody away with his violin and uh, just, I mean, it just lights thanks. up the show. Um, and, you know, I could go on and on. There are so many people, uh, Tal Ben-Shahar. We have just so many amazing, amazing people, um, I just feel so fortunate, and they're from around the world. We have um, Yuri Razo from Australia. We have Naomi Baum from Israel. We have people from all over the world, and I think that's amazing, including global influencers that you, thankfully, have helped me meet. So we have people from Jordan, from Ireland, Canada, um, Rwanda, that will also speak 
to resiliency and what they have done to survive and thrive? Well, it's it just sounds so exciting. And, and you know, I want to ask you a question, Joy. You know, what does this do for you? You know, we've gotten to have, we, we often, we um, sometimes say about each other that we are sisters with other mothers. Um, but how does this personally affect you as you're putting these shows together? As you listen, I remember the first, the first one at the end, we were in the, the, uh, uh, the speaker's room and you just leaned back on a chair and took a deep breath and it was done. And it was such a great accomplishment. But tell us about your journey a little bit about how does this impact Joy Miller and all the stuff that you've done. Here you're doing this right now. I hope this is my legacy. Um, this year marks 50 years of being a psychotherapist. It's hard to believe that I've been practicing for 50 years. For me, this is hopefully about giving back and giving back to the world um, in a way that touches something larger that I could ever imagine. And for me, it's just a gift that I can give freely of myself and to help kind of help people thrive when they truly need it the most. Um, it's the most joyful thing I think I've ever done, aside from my photography. So I love my photography. But um, this is just an amazing, it, as a logo therapist, it gives me purpose. It gives me meaning. I think I was meant to do what I'm doing. And, and um, it's just a gift. It's just a gift. Well, I have another question for you. I I was I've been thinking about this lately, and sometimes I when I've talked to people that have done something in the caliber that you're doing, I say, "Did you have any inkling when you were a little girl? Did anything happen in the trajectory of your life, like a dream or or an experience that said, huh, I know that I'm going to have to do certain things in this world, and maybe people won't understand it, but I think I'm on a journey that I have to take.'" No matter, no matter what. Ooh, uh, hard question. Good question. Um, I think there were two things. I mean, there was being Jewish and everyone surrounding me was always talking about the Holocaust. So I was traumatized thinking this will happen to me again. And that brought me to my studies of, you know, Holocaust studies and wanting to know how people coped. But then there was this part of, being a preemie who almost died. You were a preemie. You were I was a preemie, yeah. You'd never know it. But I was a preemie, and everyone called me shrimp and midget and, and, and called me, I don't know, I felt as though no one ever saw me because I was so small. And I knew I had big things that I wanted to do. And I didn't want to be seen as invisible or tiny or to be scared. And I felt like my world was around fear. And um, I just, adversity does wonderful things for people sometimes. <laughs> it really does. Because it made me the person that I am today. Well, and you know, and you know. Yeah, and yeah. I think sometimes people say to me, um, 
you know, my adversity made me stronger and helped me see a different way of being. But that doesn't happen to everyone. Sometimes when we're bullied or people or we're not, we feel like we're invisible, we remain invisible. But there's, you know, that that spark that said, I'm I'm not gonna live like this, or I'm not gonna live in fear. I'm gonna do something. Do you remember when that happened, or was it a slow evolving of your self-perceptions as a young person, as a young woman? Was there something that stands out to you? I know we we didn't talk that I was going to ask. No, these, but um, I, mean, I mean, but I think they're like important ones. You know, there might, I would Im- imagine right now, there could be people out there listening to this show that maybe feel invisible and feel like their life doesn't matter to anyone. And yet, and may have been bullied. Maybe they were bullied when they were children. Um, I certainly was as well. And yet here we are doing something that has, I hope, meaning for the world. So anyway, so I'm giving you time to think about that answer. No, I, I mean, I I think I knew very early on because also it um, culturally, from a heritage point of view in my family, being a woman was less than. So for me, it was always about being enough being seen. And so I had to do more. My father, I thought always wanted a son so that he could, you know, I could take over the business and do what he did. And that wasn't me. And so for me, I knew at a young age, I had to do something. I had to do anything twice as good as someone else to be able to achieve. I'm sure that has driven me to do a lot of things in my life. But I knew at an early age that um, I wanted to combat all the things that could hold me back and say no to it, not not allow it to change me to become something I wasn't or didn't want to be. Well, and, you know, it, and I think it's interesting. And that to me maybe is part of what I think about, you know, the common humanity that many of us have is as I've spoken to world leaders around the world, they didn't all have easy lives. They had sometimes treacherous lives, sometimes lives that the fact that they escaped, you know, with their life is amazing and incredible. And yet there was something that happened where they knew they had to be part of the healing in the world, not about the continued suffering. And I think that as we think about our world right now and what's happening in the world, the increase in anti-Semitism, for example, you know, the issues that we see with racism or, you know, parts of our, you know, the United States where um, people are really engaging in homophobia and transphobia. It's not, it's not the world that I see as being inclusive and the world that I want to live in includes all people and trying to understand people that, that maybe seem different from you or I, but that we all have the right to be here on this planet, to have happiness and compassion being extended towards us. And I think when I think about Resiliency 2023 and the other events you've had, it seems to me that a thread through all of this has been that that um, desire to show healing and compassion. And that you've lived, you, you, you're a living and breathing example of that. Thank you for sharing the story about you being a preemie. I didn't know that part of your story and could see where that was definitely a um, a monumental moment, moments that gave you 
a, you know, I think it's interesting when I'm going to, I just thought of this is that you were small, but that's that little tiny person that you were physically gave you a very wide and broad perspective of what also could be true in the world. Would you say that's true or not? I think that's, that's true. And I think I learned early on to fight for whatever I needed. Um, But I have to say, it wasn't all bad. I mean, there was a lot of good um, that also helped because my mother taught me about resilience and she taught me about using humor. And um, that was such a vital part of our life and different coping strategies. And then being in the Holocaust kind of community, I, I could talk to people and they would talk about what they did and how they made it through. But what I learned about, I think the most that stood out was the connectedness. As long as we're connected, we can survive and thrive. And I think that's the power of this event. It's about connecting throughout the world, seeing the importance of connecting to each other and how that helps us heal and thrive. This is, um, I mean, you may not be able to answer this question because you have so many people that you've heard their their stories, their stories in these little moments that you've helped uh, us create. Um, but is there one or two from past shows, past events that stand out to you that go, that is something to remember? They, there are so many because everyone, as you said, as nuggets. I mean, they all have stood out for their own beauty. And I I hate to even like put them in a ranking order, Elaine, because <laughs> like, that's why I said amazing. That. and yeah. you know, yeah. Brian Robinson was amazing and Rhonda Ross and Ariana. I mean, everyone has some beautiful part that they bring to this. And I just hope that in this time, and I know it sounds like a long time, five and a half hours, but I need to say, we didn't say this, um, when you sign up, it is on demand. So you get to watch the show, but you also have one month to go back and to rewatch the parts that were important to you. Or if you miss a certain part, you can go back. But just to be able to pick from each one of the speakers something meaningful. Well, I, I'm going to say for me, one of the things that I thought was really impressive, this was in the first year and you had Erin Brockovich um, and there was literally a fire in her backyard and she still showed up and she said, well, I can't remember everything that she said, but I can remember that to me, what was amazing about her being resilient is that she actually showed up when there's a fire in her backyard. I think it was one of the big fires that was in California that year. And she felt it was so important that she wanted to be there and give this perspective of her life. But the perspective, the best part of it for me was her computer was sideways. And so we saw Erin sideways. But you you talk about someone who was dedicated to a purpose. So you could see the fires raging behind her. And I think we were all like nervous wrecks. But, you know, it. It was amazing what people do well, and have done. And isn't that kind of a metaphor of how life can be sometimes, that there can be a forest fire, literally, or metaphorically um, in our lives. And sometimes, the, you know, we're sideways 
in when, when we're responding to it. And yet there's something that also keeps us going even when we're sideways. And that always kind of strikes me as being um, part of what as human beings, again, you know, how many times have I said this on the show, what else can be true, even during these very difficult times. And I think that you're your, the resiliency 2022 and 2021 for me were examples of that in such a large way of of how that can be true. So as we're let's kind of pivot now back to 2023 and say I want to ask you you know with all the things that you've experienced in the past and the amazing accomplishments of both uh, other events that you've had um, what is your dream for this one? You have a dream for this one. I do. I do. Um, yeah. I I'm I am really looking forward to the interactive part of this. And my dream is to really have people be immersed and that this is an experience, not an event. That you can watch Zoom webinars or whatever, but you can also be, as we said, doing your email. Uh, my dream is that people will be engaged during this. We will have so many things where people will have the opportunity to be engaged and to be a part of this experience. That's what's exciting to me is that we're kind of bringing it into a new realm. In fact, we even put together a handbook that every person who signs up will get that they can download. And it's taking you through the experience and questions you could ask yourself and, you know, information on how do you get to, let's say, Alanis Morissette, or how do you get to Elaine, you know, and get her secret? No, not, it's not, we won't give away your secret <laughs> email, but how do you get a hold of her? How do you, yeah. you know, do X, Y, and Z? And then in the back, there's all sorts of handouts that people have donated that we'll be giving to people. Brian Robinson is giving part of his new book. I'm giving part of my book. There's a variety of people. So it's going to be, I think, something that's bigger than we've ever done before. It feels like a giant risk, but it feels like such a giant, exciting experience. And you know me, I, I love exciting times well and you're very creative so i you know I th i'm really looking forward to how you're every year there's like an additional thing like something else that that people can take away from this event not only being able to listen to it for a whole month afterwards but also now all the other materials and how to get to where people are to find out more about what they're doing in the world so it doesn't have to end with um the this experience does it that it continues it does continue. And, you know, as soon as we end the, the um, broadcast, I'm, of course, working on the next year and how we can make it even better and how we can get, you know, even greater uh, presenters. Um, and I guess that's my hope is that I really want to be able to bring this to as many people in our global community that we can and hopefully bring some healing some understanding and some love through connections. Well, I think you've already accomplished that in the other things that you've done, but this hasn't been the only thing you've ever done in your life. All the books that you've written and the uh, your own personal radio show that you've had. And so, so then I, I was going to ask you this question, but you already kind of answered it. So what you see yourself doing in the future is more of this. You're not stopping with 2023. 
no, I'm just, <laughs> no, no, because this year we're bringing in things that we didn't before. I mean, we're bringing in parts of resiliency that we didn't talk about, like how art and humor and um, creativity, like drawing and all the different ways, poetry, in which resilience kind of manifests, because for each one of us, it's different. And resiliency doesn't look the same for every person. It may be the poem that you were able to write that got you through something. It might be the journal that you kept that got you through, the, hopefully living through the Holocaust. It might be, you know, a story that you wrote. It could be a song. And people are going to talk about those kinds of things or the power of humor. Um, so, Joy, as, as again, our time is almost up, is there any parting thought that you would like to leave our audience today? Would you like to let them know how do they sign up for Resiliency 2023, please? Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, it's very simple. You just go to resiliencyandhappiness.com. So resiliencyandhappiness.com. Um, and sign up. And um, it couldn't be easier. As I'm sitting here, I'm watching that we are actually getting registrations as we talk. So I need someone from Greenland. I need someone from Iceland. Oh, I There's have people from Iceland. I'm going to introduce you to them. We'll I get people, people signed Iceland. up from, you know, I, I'm I'm missing Vietnam. I'm missing all sorts of countries um, in the Far East. So I'm hoping that we're going to get a diverse population that's going to come and, and share. So if you're from the Far East, if you're from Greenland or Iceland and you're listening, please sign up. And I want to thank you, Joy. You have you have been such a, a wonderful friend um, during this last year, and you know why. And I'm so happy that we have met each other because I think, as you say, it's about interconnectedness. And we have found even more interconnections during this last year, maybe ones that we didn't want to be interconnected by, but yet are. And so I want to thank you for your friendship. But also, you know, I want to say to all my listeners, I think Joy Miller is a perfect example of what else is true and how we can live our life, no matter what's happened to us in our life, that we can create. I think new meanings, and sometimes we can find a way when we thought there wasn't a way. So I'm thinking about that little girl that was called Midget, which no, is shrimp, a shrimp, shrimp, yes, yeah. and wasn't used in a kind way. And to think about the really broad, broad brush you've had in your life to create such well-being and bring all peoples together to learn about their well-being and to cult cultivate healing and love most importantly, love. So thank you, Joy. Thank you so much. I love you. Yes. Back at you. Until we meet again, this is Elaine Miller-Karras signing off for Resiliency Within. We'll be back next, next week, next Monday, same time, same place. And remember, resiliencyandhappiness.com. Register today. Okay. Thank you so much, Joy. Elaine signing off.
Thank you so much for joining us this week for Resiliency Within. Please tune in again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Elaine miller Karras on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again soon. Resiliency Within with host Elaine miller Karras is brought to you by Trauma Resource Institute Incorporated. Visit TraumaResourceInstitute.com.